Welcome to the Daily Business Hustle podcast. My name is Alexander Vitkin. I'm the creator and founder of the Daily Business Hustle. On this podcast, I share with you my top unbiased business advice, sales advice, and I talk to the world's top experts in their fields related to business. Hi, hi, it's uh, Alex here, and this is uh, Matt, who you can see about half the space, I think, and this is Daniel, who's gonna jump in with questions as well. So today we have a special guest. His name is Dr. Ike Post, and he's a serial entrepreneur who has sold two businesses and is in the cryptocurrency space for nearly a year now. So he switched to the cryptocurrency space about a year ago, and uh, he has two projects that he's launching. But we're going to talk to him about uh, the general state of the ICO market, and we're going to talk about uh, just how to actually make money with crypto as well. We're going to talk about all kinds of stuff that are interesting to you guys. And uh, please do also ask questions in the chat. We'll try asking them, if there's not, not too many. Uh, welcome, Ike. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. So um, let's just, we kind of talked before this. We had a very interesting conversation. I wrote down a bunch of questions that I wanted to ask you. And you had some super interesting stories. So I hope we're going <laughs> to we're gonna talk about this as well. So yeah. let me just ask the most simple question that everyone wants to know, okay? So are ICOs producing a lot of money? Yes and no. <laughs> uh, I would say right now they are producing a lot of money for the entrepreneurs that are launching them. Yeah. They are also still producing profits for the investors. But as I see it, in the long run, the investors will be the losers and the founders will always be the winners because it's basically free money you get for doing nothing, just issuing tokens. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So are investors becoming cocky now that they've made money? Because, I mean, for me, I'm in social media. That's part of my business. And I have this distinct feeling that some people may be a little bit cocky right yeah, now. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, mean I, I, get the same, I get the same impression. So um, basically, we, I, know, I, I know you are a very hardworking entrepreneur, and I guess all of you three guys are, me too. And now we also, maybe all of us are investors, and we, at least me, I'm, I'm thinking that sometimes I'm, I'm actually a good investor, I know what to look at, I know how to analyze the financial statements, I know how to spot something that can work well, what cannot work well, look at the marketing plan. And if there's a startup that comes to me and they say they want to raise $10 million and they have an inexperienced team and a bad concept and no product, no client, and of course, no revenue, I, I guess the natural answer of any investor and of myself would be no. Mm -hmm. And some people say, yes, they should, you should invest because it's an ICO. And ICOs are so cool. So yeah, we should invest. And many times I, I, I see, no, that doesn't make any sense to invest because what you're getting is not a share of the company, but you're only getting tokens. Mm. You're, not, you know, you're getting tokens of a company that doesn't have a product, doesn't have revenue, doesn't have clients. So I would say it's a, you are, if you invest, you're a stupid investor. On the other hand, over the last year, these people actually made a lot of money because many ICOs went up. And they went up pretty much for no reason because they went up without producing any revenue. 
there was no result. Still, from the thousands of ICOs that by now have been launched, I'm not, I don't know any ICO which is actually making profit or even revenue or even has a product. It's just so far, it's all expectations. But since there's so many, what I would call stupid investors who are investing, the ICOs are still going up. And that's why investors can still invest and, and, um, and make money. And yeah, it's true that many of those investors that I would think are not the smartest investors are actually making a lot of money. And then they're telling me, well, I've been so smart because I made a lot of money. Interesting. And as a general rule, uh, do most people make money with crypto or not? What do you think? Uh, I would say if you, I mean, if you went into cryptocurrencies over the last year and a half, yeah, you made a lot of money. Generally, yeah, you made a lot of money. I mean, uh, depending on how much you invested, but you could have. Uh, I know people who have been, who, who became multimillionaires by investing in cryptocurrency. There is a question from Danius, and the question is uh, whether there is any specific examples of uh, long-term uh, failures with this. Yeah. Do you know of any long-term failures uh, that you've seen in the industry? Well, the ICO industry is still young, so there haven't been many failures because many ICOs, they might have a roadmap that lasts for, uh, let's say, 18 months until, until they create a product. And in this meantime, they just provide some updates via Telegram. Yeah, it's going well. Uh, we do, we, we're working on the product. And so that is considered good news. So the, the, the token might still increase in value. Um, I would say, of course, Tezos. I would uh, consider Tezos as a, as a big failure. And there have been ICOs, which um, quite uh, blatantly um, did the ICO, raised some money, and then all the, the landing pages went offline and nobody was reachable anymore. They just pretty much stole the money. Wow. I know, I know of, of another case where I was recently talking to an entrepreneur or slash uh, freelancer entrepreneur who, who was holding shares in the company where he was co-founder, had uh, like 5% of the company. And um, I was interested in, in, or he was interested in, in working with me uh, on a project related to ICOs. And so uh, I was talking to him and saying, well, you know, the reason I'm interested in it because because right now my project is stopped. We were working on this project for over a year. It was financed by two Eastern European founders. And then recently did the ICO. They raised a million dollars. And then they communicated to us that this one million dollars was not enough. Mm -hmm. And now the project is stopped and nobody does anything anymore. Wow. So it kind of seems that they raised a million dollars and, and it's kind of uh, hard to believe that this money was not enough because before they were working without having any money. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so they raised a million dollars and now the project is stopped, which basically means that uh, I would assume the founders just thought, okay, a million dollars is good enough. Uh, let's uh, enjoy ourselves a little bit and uh, not work anymore on this project. Mm. And there is nothing in, in the contract. There's, uh, you raise the money and there's nothing, in the there's nothing that gives you an obligation uh, as a founder to, to continue working on it. Hmm. And I guess you've also been looking at how to evaluate these ICOs. That's uh, some of the work mm -hmm. you've been doing lately, right? So yeah. can mm -hmm. you tell us about your trip to Ukraine as well? And, and exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, of course, I mean, I've been discussing a lot how to evaluate ICOs um, with, with different people. Um, and the thing is, is, it's hard because 
as an investor, you have you always wait until that we have a product, and uh, you have to have a proof of concept as as a founder. So for an investor, you would we would always ask for proof of concept, and in in most cases, you have revenue, you have clients, maybe sometimes you even have a profitable company. And so you don't have any of that. So it's only based on the concept and the team, but there's not even a proof of concept. So just any concept is okay. And what I see as a failure of many investors is to just look at the at the project of an ICO at the company, and then assume because the company sounds sexy, sounds attractive, that must be a good ICO, and not realizing that in fact they do not invest in the company. So they might be giving a million dollars to an to a company that's to the founders of the company. The founders of the company take the money. And they don't give you shares in the company. They just issue a token, and they will give you parts of the token that they issue, and they keep 100% of the company for themselves. Mm-hmm. And um, just funny enough, just about an hour ago, I was talking to a guy uh, in in Ukraine mm-hmm. who um, who is uh, uh, part of a community which has 50,000 followers. Uh, that are discussing cryptocurrency projects and they're doing analysis for um, cryptocurrency projects and they're evaluating ICOs and they're telling uh, which ICOs are good and which ICOs um, um, you should invest in. So I was asking him the same question because he has such a big audience. So how do you evaluate these ICOs? And and of course he was telling me, well, first thing we look at the team, then we look at the concept, uh, white paper, and then we look at the community. We, We try to see if anybody discovered anything scammy about them. We look at Bitcoin talk and Reddit, and, and, and there's many times the comments of um, that something fishy is going on in the ICO. But then I told him, you know, but how do you know how do you're investing in the coin? You're not getting a shares of the company. So what does the company valuation have to do with the coin? Because the company might be very valuable, it might make billions, and the coin might just be not worth anything. And he said, well, but am I not investing in the company? And I said, no, you are usually not investing in the company. I mean, you, there might be a utility token to get a certain utility, but um, you're getting a token. A com- so a company might be doing uh, great, but the, the token might be worth nothing. And he was surprised. And, th- and then he said, oh, my God, I didn't know that. I kind of thought that I'm investing in the company. And he is the, the main evaluator for a community of like 50,000 followers. And he, he was telling me, oh, but nobody knows that. And, and, and the thing is, I was talking to an institutional investor uh, who is uh, a friend of mine. Yeah. And, and she just recently, I mean, she, has a, he, she is working for Credit Suisse and she has a fund. And uh, in that fund, she, uh, she recently started in investing in, in cryptocurrency and now wants to invest in ICOs. And she was passing on several ICO projects saying, what do you think about the project? Isn't it a cool project? You're saying, yeah, but it's a, it's a cool project. But... Um, what does it have to do with you getting a token? What does it have to do with the currency? Because this um, this uh, company is totally independent of the currency, and even she didn't realize that. And she is an institutional investor. Um, so, I, um, so, so to summarize it, um, it's very hard to evaluate cryptocurrency um, projects. And but basically, if if your goal is to make short term uh, short term money, then you have to be be totally different from a normal investor. A normal investor would look at what's really going on in the company and not look at the hype. 
With ICO investment, it's you only want to look at the hype. It's all about the hype. How much hype is going on in the company? If there's a lot of hype, probably cryptocurrency is going to go up. Okay, let, let's invest right now and let's benefit from the hype because it's going to go up. It doesn't matter what the fundamentals are. Yeah, by the way, you guys, uh, if you have any questions, you can ask a real expert right now if you have any questions about uh, those topics and ICOs. Mm, interesting. So, Dan, uh, we had a question as well, right? Yeah, um, I've got two actually. So, what, what, from it sounds like what you're saying is um, the the big issue is people think they're buying into the company, really they're buying into a token that doesn't have any inherent value. Uh, so, what what should people do? What should they be looking for? Or do you, is there something individuals should look for? Or do you think it has to be there has to be more broad changes to like the the structure of the marketplace? Okay, so. I think um, right now for an investor, you need to understand that what you're investing in has no, usually no inherent value, but there's some exceptions to it. Just to give you one exception is when you have a fund, for example, recently um, SpiceVC launched, um, SpiceVC.com, uh, another fund is Bull Token, Blockchain um, Capital, they all, uh, they have their own ICO, they, they have them as a fund. So. If I'm inv investing in the token that um, this fund is issuing, I'm actually investing in the portfolio. So there's something I'm getting in return. I'm becoming a shareholder of that portfolio. But in most ICOs, there's no inherent value I'm getting uh, in return. So what would have to, to, to happen as an investor? So first of all, for me as an investor, I would want to have a share of the company, of course, and not only a token or have um, uh, an inherent value, it could be a utility that um, has some value. And what I would also want is I would want to invest in, in an ICO which has an escrow. Mm -hmm. uh, what I mean is that uh, currently you are able to raise, as a, a founder, you're able to raise many, several millions mm -hmm. and you're getting this million upfront before having to deliver even a prototype. Mm -hmm. So, and, and there's no obligation. There is, uh, in any kind of investor investment contract, you have investor protection clauses, you have a salary cap, you have a vesting period, you have a liquidation preference. And um, all of this helps the investor to make sure that the money he's investing is not being totally wasted by the founder. For example, if, um, if I'm getting uh, investment money for my startup, the contract would usually say, the founder cannot earn more than $2,000 or $3,000 mm -hmm. to prevent the founder paying himself $30,000 per month and using all the invested money in, in terms of salary. An ICO doesn't have any of that. So what would have to happen is that I have an escrow account and that the ICO gets the money into an escrow, uh, escrow account and this escrow account pays out the money when milestones have been met. Mm -hmm. And what I would say in the future, so I, I, my personal opinion is that um, this um, ICO phenomenon that will burst or will go down as, as soon as it becomes apparent that a lot of these ICOs are not delivering on their, their promises. Mm -hmm. But I think what will, what will happen is um, the tokenization of investment makes sense. So two things, that I'm able to invest in the company at any any amount of money that I want to invest, not having to invest 100000 but being able to invest $10. Mm -hmm. 
And the second, that I'm able then to sell the investment before there is an exit of the company. That is um, the tokenization of that investment. I think that will will persist. And I do think that in the future, we will see that there is um, not an investment in money being created in a currency, but then um, an investment in the company, which is tokenized. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that would be fair for the investor, I feel. There, there is another question from uh, Danius towards you, so I'll just read this question. Um, would you say to go long-term for the coins that already launched have clients over $1 billion market cap and are in the cryptocurrency space? That's a question, and there is a postscriptum is, uh, what's your personal most favorite crypto coins? But those are kind of two questions, so mm -hmm. probably okay. Um So my personal most favorite crypto coin is Bitcoin. Oh. And that is the uh, one of the few coins I'm invested in. Uh, because I see it, uh, because it's just the, everything else is an altcoin and there's Bitcoin. Um, the only thing, the only issue I see there is if it's in the, in the future technically possible to have uh, the, the number of transactions per second or if there are technical limitations on having um, the um, Bitcoin transactions. Um, so if there, uh, if the technical limitations are solved, then I see Bitcoin being uh, remaining um, the leader. The the first question was where should you invest? And so uh, of course the most established coins I would see have the least return, and the the smallest the the ICOs have the biggest potential for very high returns. Mm. And it is true that me. Uh, n many times not being willing to invest in ICOs has meant that many other people that I know who have invested in ICOs have ma made much bigger returns. And it didn't really matter if there were in correct investment fundamentals or not. I would still say you can make money with ICOs. It, it might not make sense that you make money, but it's still possible to follow the hype and make money with ICOs. So if somebody uh, where to say, well, I'm not interested in investment fundamentals. I only want to make money in the short term. And then ICOs might right now be a better option. I do think at some point there will be a time when, and very soon probably, when this uh, ICO's value will go down rapidly. But right now, it's still not that point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There is uh, another question. I know how much time we have for questions. If it's the last question or... Um, just, 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 yeah. just, just, yeah. by the way, this question. I answer. know. Uh, there is a question from Surin, um, and the question is, what's your opinion on the current price surge of Litecoin? Litecoin. <laughs> let, me, let me just read it. What's your opinion on the current price surge of Litecoin? Uh, let it be due, due to, to Litepay. Litepay, potentially scammy, he says. Uh, Litecoin cash fork. Do you expect it to be a short-term spike, long-term increase? Again? Mm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, I'm not specifically in, in Litecoin, so I don't know what was the reason that Litecoin increased. I haven't followed the news on Litecoin, so I, I'm not sure why it increased. I'm not sure if that's an increase um, that's going to continue or how the future is going to look. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, what are some good sources for this type of information if people want to find out about uh, about this from a good source? 
Well, I mean, there, of course, you can go to uh, Bitcoin Telegraph, Cointelegraph, or Bitcoin Talk. What I do, uh, I look at, there are many ICO sites like ICO Bench, ICO Bazaar, Track ICO that rate ICOs. And then I go to Bitcoin Talk and I go to the Telegram group of that ICO to find out more specifically about the ICO. Did, did you ask your second question now? I don't think you have it. Um, it, it was pretty related to the first one, but do you, I know you, you, in your answer to my first question, you sort of suggested what changes um, would really help the marketplace and make everything fairer. Have you got any idea of what, um, as I say this, I realize it may be a stupid question, but have you got any um, idea or any theories about what kind of regulation is going to be coming down the pipeline? Because we all know that it's something that the authorities are looking at. No, not specifically. Plus, also, there are more than 150 countries, and all of them might regulate. Of course, the regulation would apply to the investors, mainly not to the, to the ICO, to the country of the ICO. So if I'm, let's say, located in Singapore, for me, uh, if I'm having an investor from the U.S., still the uh, U.S. investment regulation would still apply. Yeah. Um, so it's hard to know what... Uh, regulation and would uh, would be what changes in regulation would happen in all the different countries in the world. What I do think is that a lot of the ICOs that have happened so far are actually not utility tokens, but are actually securities, and that they sh therefore should have um, had only accredited investors uh, in invest. And another thing that I have um, uh, observed in many ICOs is that the, the ICOs think that by setting up a foundation in a, in a, in a country with a favorable legislation and mm. a favorable tax legislation, they are able to uh, forego their own country's legislation or their own country's tax legislation. And, and, uh, and um, I would say that that is not the case. So. For example, if you are a company that is based in Spain and you want to set up, uh, you want to collect the money via Switzerland and you think there is no taxation on the proceeds of the ICO and you're doing a utility ICO, so you're doing an ICO which is not a security, then there would still be the Spanish tax law, even though you have a foundation in Switzerland, since you're using the money uh, in, in Spain and the company that, um, in Spain is controlling the foundation in Switzerland, as in most cases, the, the operational co um, company is controlling the foundation. So in that case, still Spanish tax law would apply. And from the proceeds that you're getting from the ICO, that should be classified as sales proceeds, as revenue. And you should pay full taxes on the revenue. And right now, most of the ICOs that I've seen have not done that. And um, the tax authorities would still be able to come to all of these ICOs um, after the fact that they have done the ICO and say, please pay us whatever percentage of the revenue, maybe 40% of the proceeds from the ICO, should, you should please pay us in, in, in tax. Mm -hmm. That's interesting, isn't it? <laughs> wow. Yeah, so there's a big crushing wave coming soon for people. 
Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think so. I, I, so. So I actually think it's not so much about having new regulation. I think it's more that the that the authorities, be it the the legal or the tax authorities, will be enforcing the regulation that's already in existence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Interesting. Uh, was, was, did you have more? No, no, that's um, but those are super informative and good things to think about. So uh, you're actually launching two projects in the in the in the industry. Uh, could you tell us about both of them, please? So, uh, they sounded very interesting, so I think uh, everyone here wants to know. <laughs> mm, sure. So um, one project is um, basically a social network for the ICO industry. It's uh, where we're connecting founders with advisors, with uh, ICO agencies, with, e with events, and with investors. And uh, the main point of that project is that when you have an ICO project, you need a lot of things. So you need agencies, you need to go to events. So you can find those events in those agencies and those advisors, and you can enter in direct contact with them. And you can show to other potential investors who is already investing. So every investor gets a button that he can click, okay, interested in investing. And that kind of creates a herd mentality. If a lot of investors and investors with big names clicking that button, then me as a new investor see that ICO uh, with already those big names who are investing. And that's why I'm also interested in investing. Mm -hmm. And um, another um, project, so this project we are, we are right now developing and um, we are in, in better stage. And actually before better, it's not launched yet. And uh, the, the other project we are we're working on is a, a project where we're focusing on the pre-pre-ICO market. Mm -hmm. So, you know, before there was just the ICO, now the ICO has become so competitive that it really takes a lot of marketing um, power to do the ICO. So we have the pre-sale and now even the pre-pre-sale or pre-pre-pre-sale. And so this is actually a very interesting market for us where we can where we want to get the best projects. And those, um, those projects, then the pre-ICO pre, um, uh, stage, they're many times doing airdrops, which means they're giving coins for free, and they're doing bounties, which means they're giving coins for certain marketing tasks, or they're selling the coins, but at like an 80% discount. So we're focusing uh, on that market, and we want to enable those ICOs to manage the, 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 um, the airdrop and the... Uh, the bounty and, and the pre-pre um, uh, ICO sale at a very high discount and to give the users, uh, our users access to, to those airdrops, bounties and uh, very um, highly discounted um, ICOs. Token so so yeah. you, you said it's in our pre-banner, but uh, in case someone's watching this in the future, how will they find these two projects if they want to find one of them? So uh, all right. So 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 uh, let me just. Um, uh, I, I would like to give you the the name later, or they can contact me via email, and I'll be happy to share everything about this project with with them. Uh, in fact, um, we always are looking for contributors um, to to projects, and we're very open for anybody who wants to participate in any kind of form in those projects. Um, to to let them in, be a community of. It's not only me. It's a community of people working on those projects. And uh, if anybody's interested in in, in joining the community, then um, please um, send me an email, and I'll be happy to let you know more. Okay. Um, so who who should contact you, and how, and who should not contact you? <laughs> um, I would say anybody who is an entrepreneur or a wannabe entrepreneur. 
right? Yeah, interested, interested in the cryptocurrency space. That's a lot of people. So who, how can they contact you? <laughs> You're going to get a lot of emails. Be careful. Uh, well, they can just write you and you, you're going to be further. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't write me. <laughs> um, or they can just uh, write to my personal email, which would be ikeypost at gmail.com. That's spelled E-I-K-E-P-O-S-T at gmail.com. Uh, uh, you want me to publish post it in the video? Sure. Ooh, okay. Here it is. Uh-oh. All right, it's your Gmail. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. All right, well, thank you very much, Ike. That's This is one of the most insightful conversations I had about uh, the whole industry as a whole, because usually everyone's just screaming, buy and hold with zero input of any kind of value of anything, really. But yeah, actually I mean, it's like, to be honest, like I've, at the beginning, I thought like, you know, I, I always thought like, hmm, okay, maybe um, I, um, this ICO thing. Several months ago, I thought about this. You know, um, you know, everybody's making money with it. I should probably invest in it. But then, like, what are you investing in? And just, um, I talked to these people. And I just couldn't believe what's going on. And just today, when I was talking to this guy who has a followers of fifty thousand people, and he told me how he's analyzing ICO projects, and. Uh, he told me then told me that he didn't understand that you're not a shareholder if you are a token investor. Yeah. And and he gives recommendations to fifty thousand people and he he tells me nobody understands this and I, like then I'm like whoa that's like it's incredible I I, don't, I mean I don't know what's going on it's like a whole whole bullshit uh, and, and actually when I see these white papers so many of them it's just like it's just so much bullshit and the more bullshit you you put into these white papers and I'm and I, we're not on video anymore right. We are, we are. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, okay, I mean, I mean, they, they, let's say there's some good, there's some good ICO projects with founders who really want to do a good job, but a lot of them, I feel, is just, uh, it's just a scam, and then they're, and they're, they're in the, on the white papers, they're just um, putting in a lot of bullshit. Just give you one example. There was this uh, dating site, and they, they put into, into the white paper uh, something like, uh, oh, we're using the Nash Equilibrium. And I really went through this white paper because I'm an economist and I have worked, been working in the dating industry for many years. So I thought, okay, that you know, I should understand this white paper. It kind of like, yeah. you know, I don't really understand what, what's how they're using this. But then it became clear to me they're just using these terminologies, Nash equilibrium, because that seems so scientific. So, te uh, you know, because you don't understand it, that yeah, you surely want to invest in it because it must be something really, really cool and really innovative. Ouch. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, and it's just basics of culinary, right? It's, uh, you became a doctor, right? And like, yeah, I got a PhD yeah. in tax law. That's right. Tax it's, law. Wow. Yeah. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> is it a tax law of any specific country or? Um, I actually, I did my PhD, PhD dissertation on comparing the con uh, taxation of controlled foreign companies in France, UK, Italy, and Germany. Mm, so it's for international business, and then you can connect this knowledge with uh, cryptocurrencies market as well. Well, is... actually, to some extent, yeah, even though it's very specialized. Um, controlled foreign company legislation actually applies because it's um, that if you establish a letterbox company in Switzerland or in Hong Kong, which is controlled 
by the operational company, which might be in Spain, yeah. you are still liable for all the profit or all the receipts that this company in, in Switzerland or in Singapore and Hong Kong makes. There's no way but just establishing a letterbox company that that's going to shelter you from taxation in, in a high-tax country like in Spain. So what you really need to go, you need, you really need to go there and live there in order to be, to be a resident there and, uh, and not have a company in Spain. Mm, interesting. Do a lot of people fall foul of that? Exactly. A lot of people do. They just oh. think, oh, I'm just going to establish my company in Switzerland, if, uh, just uh, uh, have a foundation in Switzerland, and then I don't have any taxation, and I just have very nice legislation from Switzerland. No, you actually have to go there, and you cannot have any, any economic activity being controlled out of your high-tax jurisdiction. All right. This was our show for today. Please subscribe, rate, and review this podcast if you like it. I'll see you next time. If you'd like to find out more about me, visit vitkin.net. That's V-I-T-K-I-N.net. Thank you for listening to the show and see you next time.